So even right now, when you come back into the room, see if you can simply notice body, space, awareness. It's almost so easy and obvious. You might just go your whole life without noticing it. So awakening is right here. It's the simple realization. That there is a witness and an awareness. There's a space in which things arise and there's objects arising. But the witness never changes. That awareness, the quality of witnessing never changes. In this sort of meditation technique that you practice in the course of sitting, switches the normal focus of meditation, which is to pay attention to objects themselves, pay attention to the breath, pay attention to body, pay attention to thoughts. And it switches it so that we're just paying attention to the fact that we're paying attention, which in some ways is even more obvious, but also the most ignored thing. We're not, we're aware of so little, we're not even aware that we're aware. That this awareness is the greatest miracle. Like, why are we aware of anything? And if you spend long enough absorbed in the awareness of awareness, you will explode in infinite bliss and joy. You will bow down to the simplicity and awe of the experience of being alive regardless of what objects are arising in front of that awareness. If you're driving down the highway and the traffic is slowing down, everyone else around you is sitting in their car, getting angry. or listening to a podcast or checking their cell phone or tuning out. But you can not only be aware of your emotions sitting in the traffic jam, you can be aware of the fact that you're aware. And that the very fact that you are aware that you are aware, you will tune into this infinite source of bliss. Just in a traffic jam. that it is even happening. 
that there is something happening rather than nothing starts to slowly creep into your awareness and convert all of your regular human emotions into blissful enlightenment. Why is there something rather than nothing? And when you're absorbed in the awareness, that question doesn't actually get answered, but it floors your, your mind, which creates that bliss, blissed out feeling. You just, you can't actually answer the question why there is there something rather than nothing. So everything drops and, and it's just, don't know mind. It's just the mystery and the wonder and the awe takes over every cell in your body. So enlightenment has nothing to do with necessarily the changing of what is arising. You still do the laundry, you still wait at the line at the bank, you still have pain in your knee, you still get hungry, you still get hangry, you still feel unfulfilled in these this or that way. But as you slowly turn the attention inwards directly at awareness itself, you're still giving 33% of your attention to your body and what you're doing and what you're saying. You still give 33% of the attention to the world around you. But this other 33% of your attention is completely absorbed in the suchness, in the awareness of awareness itself. So that you could be in a crowded subway station or a traffic jam or a room where you're having a conversation with people about sports. And there might be a part of you that's really engaged and is driving safely and is getting catching the train on time and is talking about LeBron or whatever you do. But there's going to be this very deep part of yourself that could care less, that is not of this world at all, that is completely attuned to the throbbing underbelly of awareness. And you start falling in love with that and only caring about that. And the outer, in the outer 33%, you still manage your life. It's like listening to music. I, I haven't been playing music my whole life. I can listen to a song and I can hear the bass line and I can be like, okay, this is what the bass line is doing. Right. And when I play a song for my wife, she isn't necessarily like, she doesn't even know what the bass part is and what the, the guitar part is, right? But like, if you listen to life and you study life through this mindfulness practice, you'll start to notice this awareness is permeating everything that you are doing, obviously, because you're aware of things. So there must be an awareness behind it. And as you start listening to it more, 
you can hear it even in the midst of, and of course here is kind of an analogy here, you don't actually hear it, you feel into it, but feeling into that awareness, you can do much more easily because you learn to like, okay, there's superficial things happening, just like, okay, here's the guitar part, here's the drums, here's the singer, but where's that bass? Right? Okay, I'm doing the dishes, I'm feeling sensations in my body, I have thoughts here, but where's the awareness in it? Where's the suchness of the moment itself? And as you tune into that, you can sort of like find this balance between, well, I'm actually like paying attention to my life and doing what I need for my life so that I don't, you know, drop the plate or, or do whatever so I can have a conversation or give a Dharma talk. So right now I'm, part of me is paying attention to the words that I'm saying and speaking my understanding and then there's this whole other part of me that is like not even paying attention to it, but paying attention to attention itself. Like, what does it feel like to be alive right now? What does it feel like to be aware of me what, me giving this talk? Just like you're trying to listen and process my words, but there's a part of you that is paying attention or can pay attention to what it feels like to be paying attention. The suchness of the moment itself. And so we do this little dance and that's why I took you through that. Okay. Body, space, awareness, body, space, awareness, and then 33%, all of them at the same time, because most of the time you're not sitting with your eyes closed. So you have to pay attention to driving or talking or not dropping your laptop or whatever it is. So you have to give 33% of your attention to that, but you gotta also give this 33% attention to the base, to the underlying awareness of it. So it's about getting sensitive and aware of that under, under tone. And if you're looking just in terms of the history of this practice, so a lot of people in the Vipassana tradition, they start off with like breath awareness, counting breaths, noting physical sensations, body scanning, and that sort of thing. There's a lot of focus or paying attention to your thoughts and letting go of them. So there's a lot of that practice of like looking at objects. What can happen though, is when you're so focused on objects, if no one like points it out to you, you might create a subtle dualism, which is here I am looking at all of these objects. And that's when you fall into this dualistic zone of I'm the meditator and here's the things that I'm meditating on. And that can, over time, you can do, end up doing that for 10, 20 years and still be stuck in that mode. It's a very dualistic approach to meditation. And there's subtle forms of suffering that arise as a result of that, especially, well, I've got to fix these objects in a certain way, or I've got to pay attention in a certain way. And that's when people get really obsessed as well about techniques that they use. Should I use noting? Should I use body scan? Should I use my breath? Should I use a mantra? Where should I pay attention to my breath? Right? And there's so much focus on the individual techniques or approaches. In the Dzogchen practice, which we get from the Tibetan, or you could say Joseph from the Vipassana tradition calls this like choiceless awareness, but even more so when you flip the lens back on awareness itself, it's such a relief because you don't have to obsess about like which objects you're paying attention to. You're paying attention to the subject. You're paying attention to awareness itself. 
And then, like I said in the instructions, you just ignore the body or you ignore the breath, you ignore what's happening to really absorb yourself into that. Well, eventually you'll come out of it to a point where you can pay attention to the suffering that's arising in the objects. And maybe you've got 80% of your attention on the awareness itself. And you're just kind of like, oh yeah, there's a suffering body mind over here. And you just kind of notice that it'll start to let go of some of this tension. It'll let go of some of this karma in a way completely differently than if you were focused on it. So in some ways, the focus on the body and mind that we do in typical meditation can contract the whole system, preventing it from releasing its karma. When we ignore it and we pay attention to awareness itself, we get the benefits of meditation double because we're actually doing, we're seeing the goal, which is the current enlightenment we have as well. The system is releasing unnecessary karma because you see that this is not ultimately your identity. I guess you could think about it like um, a wound or an injury. Sometimes focusing too much on the wound or injury makes it worse. And ignoring it and like getting your mind off it, so to speak, allows it to breathe and, and get better. Uh, so in this way, a Zogchen type practice, if you find that you're getting too contracted in your typical meditation, like your breath awareness or whatnot, just ignore your breath completely, ignore your body completely, go to this awareness space and let the body and mind meditate itself. Like if it wants to meditate, let it do it. Give it like 15, 20% of your attention. It's just a lump of bones and skin and neurons firing sitting on the couch or sitting on a cushion, just let it be there. But then you absorb into the awareness and it might do some incredible things, but don't get attached to it. Just stay absorbed in the awareness and see how long you can keep the attention on the attention itself. It's kind of an intelligent attention that has the ability to self-reflect. So you just kind of move the attention into that. So that's a Zogchen um, kind of style approach. And it's been tremendously beneficial for me. And I hope that um, it helps you as well.